Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to today's podcast. Today, it is an absolute pleasure to have with us Oliver Musto, Musto Playfair. Um, Oliver and his brother Harry formed the company some time ago, and we're very excited to be able to have him with us today on our podcast. Welcome, Oliver. Hello, Debbie. Hi. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, having us here. Why are we here? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's great. I'm so so glad you agreed to do this. You know, we've got I don't know eight or ten questions to get through. Um, lots of lots of, of great questions. So I'll I'll crack on with those. So, Oliver, can you tell us when was PrintFab founded and what triggered your decision to join the textile industry? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's quite a long time ago now. But it feels like a, an age ago, uh, but it was uh, seven years ago in mm-hmm. 2016. Uh, that's when Harry and I uh, decided to, to set up this business. Um, before that, we'd, uh, I'd set up a lot of uh, stock-based e-commerce businesses and uh, it was getting very difficult to, to, to make any sort of decent uh, margin on, on stock. Um, and the textile market had always been uh, of interest. Um, but there were lots of problems in having a stock-based uh, sort of textile, textile business. Uh, it's very difficult to handle. We need lots of space. Um, and the print-on-demand model seemed like a, a really uh, kind of compelling prospect of being able to print off any type of fabric on demand and not have to have a vast warehouse full of stock that would probably be sitting there for quite a long time. Um, and that, that was really the impetus for, 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 for PrintFab uh, seven years ago when I was uh, much younger. <laughs> yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put that business model together pretty quickly then? Yeah, so I'd, uh, I think it was a, a few years after I'd, I'd sold uh, uh, an e-commerce business, took a bit of time out, um, did a bit of research, went to ITMAR in, it must have been 2016, I guess, or 2015, around yeah. that sort of time. Um, saw these great big machines all in operation, um, did a bit of research into the, 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 the sort of printers that could potentially do this. Um, wasn't totally convinced at the time because the quality was a bit kind of hit and miss, but there was a couple of machines that really stood out. Um, so I thought, okay, well, let's, let's get one of these machines, uh, put it in a, a premises somewhere, get the get the, the systems up and running, uh, and kind of see see what happens. But it took us about six months from deciding to do it to getting the machine to figuring out how to use the machine um, to to get it up and running. So it wasn't wasn't nearly as easy as what I thought. I must admit, I thought it'd be a question of buying the machine, plugging it in, and pressing a print button. Yeah, drag and drop. Yeah, far from that. It was a real, very steep learning curve, and it's, yeah. it's probably only been really in the last two, three years where I feel like we've really cracked it, and uh, that the quality of the, the fabrics that we're printing uh, are superb. But I think um, they are. Uh, we are welcome to the textile industry. Yeah, <laughs> that was a real baptism of fire. The first. It few is, years. yeah, yeah. But once it's in your blood, that's it. That's it. You're hooked. Mm. Yeah, you're definitely a, an obsession. I think it's. Yeah. Uh, there are so many variables that can uh, that there are to play with. Um, that getting it right and getting it consistently right is is, is, is very very difficult. And uh, anyone that's operating in this industry should uh, uh, give themselves a pat on the back. I think it's uh, really really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, well, textiles have always been a tough industry, but um, it's it's so exciting right now, though, isn't it? We're going to talk about some of those te- technologies later. But mm. what a great time! What a great time to, do- to start the for you to join the digital textile industry. 2016, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant window of opportunity. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think the the, the technology itself has enabled uh, traditional business models to really evolve. Well, actually, change completely. I think. Yeah. 
um, for, from what they used to be. Um, it, yeah, it really is possible to, to print fabric on demand and use that for, for products that are manufactured on demand. Um, I, I just don't think that would have been possible uh, 20 years ago, for example. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's sort of coming up around the corner, I think, that's going to uh, make it even more um, uh, even more interesting. But it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a good time to join, I think. I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how some of the very, very big companies are uh, adapting. Um, it seems to be taking much longer than I think it, it probably yeah. could, but um, I guess we'll see over the next uh, sort of five, ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty years to get where we are, and they say that we're about six or seven percent in to the mm. textile, the printing side of the textile industry using digital technologies. So, when you look at that, there's a there's a lot to go for, a massive amount of mm. research to go for and to switch for. But I think, I think the interesting thing about the textile industry is its diversity. The diversity mm-hmm. of business models across across that platform are, are are huge, absolutely huge. So, for the huge mills to start shifting, which they are. They do it for different reasons, but there are different volumes, different reasons, different demographics, different supply chains. So it's so complicated, mm. really. But I think, you know, the opportunity that you over there at Primfop have spotted is, is clearly working and you do very, very well. Um, Oliver, what was your vision for Primfop and how has that business plan evolved? Are you where you thought you were going to be? Uh, it, in truth, uh, no, <laughs> we're not where okay. we are. <laughs> Uh, we're not where we want. We're in a, a different place from where we uh, kind of originally started. I think, yep. perhaps naively, we thought uh, printing fabric would be uh, really uh, very easy. Uh, yep. And it, it, just to straight that, we found it not to be very easy at all. Um, the, the, uh, the the sort of diff- different variables as a, the the getting the fabric printed to a really good standard in the first place yep. turns out that's really hard uh, to do that consistently across you know a number of years across different machines. We've Supply chain, uh, say issues or supply chain challenges. That's the hardest um, bit, isn't it? The consistency. The consistency is it's very hard, I think, yeah. and we, we've, we've certainly was. learned a few yeah. lessons uh, over over the few years. Um, so, for example, when we were running lots of uh, small machines, and then we transitioned to much bigger machines, uh-huh. um, the quality was much much better, um, but it was different to what we had previously output, and that, that was really difficult to manage from a, from a customer perspective. Yeah, um, but I think the place where we're at now, um, I don't think that'll be as much of a problem. We, we learned a lot of lessons with that, I think. Um, so making sure that everything's going to be consistent if we decide to do that again in the future uh, it would be a much bigger part of our plan. Whereas perhaps it wasn't before. Uh, we just had to get these bigger machines because we couldn't print fast enough to <laughs> to service the orders that we had. Um, so that was really hard, yeah. I guess I guess that's kind of leads us that is part of the answer to that question though. In an on demand world, where are the challenges and how have you overcome them? And I guess one of the biggest challenges perhaps for you is that the technology is changing so quickly and the customer is going along with you on this journey. Yeah. It is it's, it's it's easy to get caught up in the, the print technology. So I mean the print printers themselves are only a very small part of the sort of equation, I guess. Um and certainly at the start, we perhaps got caught up in uh, uh, not almost obsessing over you know which printer should we get, what should we do. Yeah. Whereas actually, if we just make a decision um, with what's best there at the time and kind of stick with it, and if something goes horribly wrong, um, that's uh, the, the kind of uh, approach we have to it now. So there's new stuff coming out. There's some really interesting inks that are coming out. Uh, we've tested a few of them. Stuff that doesn't need yeah. pre-treatment, for example. But actually. Um, 
we kind of need to stick to what we're really, really good at because uh, it does provide that consistency and, and quality that we know is is better than what is currently out there. It would be a big decision to change our printers or, or inks um, uh, sort of going forward. So that, on that basis, we kind of focus on all the other stuff that makes part of our print-on-demand service, uh, which there are you know, a, a huge number of variables like the fabric, um, the speed is a, a big thing. Um, uh, we're currently at three days. Well, we, we, we promise a three-day turnaround, but I think everything goes out within about two days. Um, that's down from five days. Uh, we're incrementally uh, getting that down. We, we want to get to next day, so that's uh, a big part of our, our aim over the next, uh, well, to the end of the year. But the, the so, challenges are immense. Um, it's an amazing achievement, though, isn't it? It's, ama- it's, an ama- it's an amazing thing to get your head around, really, that you can order, you know, any meterage that you may wish and have it delivered the following day. I mean, to be honest, mm. you can't do that from you can't do that from printed stock. You know, if you were to go mm-hmm. to the high street or go online, really by the nature of the stock and also the the size of, the size of the delivery as well can often be a problem, can't it? Just literally getting it dispatched that quickly next day at the, for the yeah. right cost to the right destination. So there are so many parts of that pie chart, aren't they, really, to, to align, to, to deliver that fulfilment? Mm. It's, it's, it's an incredible challenge. If I was to turn the, uh, the camera around, you'd see on the wall there is a line of, uh, say, 30 post-it notes, uh, and that's uh, basically a, 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 the process of getting a fabric from order to uh, dispatch every single step. I mean, that, that's the sort of level of detail that we have to analyse things in, um, in order to say, OK, well, if we're loading the fabric... Uh, if that machine's not printing for five minutes, you know, we can't have that. Can we stitch the fabric onto the back of the machine whilst it's still printing so that it is always continuous? And it's little things like that, and there's a whole bunch of stuff like that that enable us to be able to, to, to realistically do that. But it's, it's um, that, that efficient, it, it, the efficiency does, well, the, the sort, of, uh, sort of process does uh, a number of things. A, it makes us much, much faster. It reduces wastage. Um, and it makes us a more efficient and a more profitable business. So um, we're almost uh, obsessed with the, that level of detail. Um, but it's so important, isn't it, to have those building blocks and those basics there because that mm. allows you to scale. So then it just becomes a matter of more, 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 more volume, really. More SKUs, more customers, smaller quantities perhaps, but overall considerably greater volume. Yeah, and, and still, still sort of keeping the, the commercials in mind as well. Yes. I mean, it, it'd be really easy to go out and buy another handful of machines, uh, get uh, you know triple the size of our team, mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to achieve probably next day dispatch tomorrow type thing. But then we actually we wouldn't be making any money. Uh, and yeah. we, we look at what other people are doing. Uh, it's actually very difficult to make a profitable business uh, out of what we're doing. I think, um, which is where I think perhaps we stand out maybe a little yeah. bit, and that we. We, we've managed to achieve this. Uh, we don't have outside investment. Um, we've funded everything on our, on our own profits, and it's because of the sort of dedication and almost obsession with, with getting this stuff right uh, without going out and uh, sort of carpet bombing <laughs> the, the business yeah. model, if that makes sense. It's, uh, but that's so important as well, isn't it? Mm. Because it's yours and you can make the right decisions. You're not forced to make, you're not forced into scenarios by investors. Yeah, yeah. And that's. I've seen it happen with uh, friends in, in other businesses. And, yeah. uh, you know, we don't need to do that. We're, 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 doing, we're on track to, 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 uh, uh, to get to where we want to be um, without having the additional stress of 
reporting to you know, a VC or something like that. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So just to recap then, so any customer, they could be B2B or B2C. So they could be they could be a, a designer or they could be a fashion brand or they could be an interior brand. They can literally visit Printfab. They can mm-hmm. upload their own artwork and they can place an order online on on a huge range of polyester or synthetic or polyester or um, cellulose natural fabrics. Mm. And you deliver them within three days currently. Yeah, so t- the turnaround's three days. Uh, that's the sort of uh, the, the SLA that we offer. Um, yeah. it, it, I think the, the vast majority of them go out uh, the next day within two days. Um, and it's uh, yeah, so we're running two processes. So we have the uh, natural fibres, which is a pigment process. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're pre treated cottons and linens. Uh, and then we have the dye sublimation, dye sublimation process. Um, it's about 30 ish fabrics in our range, just over 30 fabrics in our range, I think, yeah. at the moment. It's amazing. Um, so the, the, the fabrics kind of cover a, a wide range of uses, and we, we see our fabrics being used for uh, uh, an incredible range of uh, uses, and uh, and we do that consistently. So um, you know, our, our big thing is we you know we, we won't let you down, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it enables a lot of our customers to adopt a, a, a truly stopless business model because they know that when they order with us, um, it's going to be shipped within the, the, the time that we say it's going to be shipped. So, yeah, and you see, you see, pigment as a as a huge growth channel for your business, don't you? So that you, and that was kind of the the basis of a major investment. Was it last year or early the yeah, year? Yeah, uh, two years ago we bought yeah, the. Time flies. Yeah, quite, yeah, two years. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember. Seems like yesterday. Uh, it does. We got the first uh, Epson ML eight thousand, which is. Are you the first in the UK to get one of those? Uh, I think we're the first in the world. Right. Put one into production. Really fantastic. Yeah, we were the guinea pigs. So okay. <laughs> we had the job Good guinea there, pigs, yeah. Working out all the all the problems, which they inevitably are with a, a new machine, yeah. but it's it's a yeah. remarkable machine. It's uh, really very good. Uh, combining that with the uh, the the Genesta inks that that we're running, the Epson Genesta inks that we're running. Yeah. Um, the, the quality we really haven't seen it anywhere anywhere else. Fantastic. Um, it's good, good stable. Hard-working machine. It prints very fast. Yeah. Quality is excellent. Um, it's got the sticky belt, which requires a bit of you know maintenance and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that's no, it's great. Uh, I think we run it at about 100 meters an hour. So, uh, I can hear it in the background actually. And bought this pipe work in the factory now to pump out all the bits and bobs. So yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great machine. And uh, prior to that, we were running what well, let's say about 10 ish Mimaki type printers. Okay. Um, which covered uh, a huge part of the factory floor um, and was very difficult to manage because running 10 machines compared to yeah. a smaller amount uh, can, can be very difficult to, 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 to manage. But the, the, the it's cost- difficult to control colour sometimes across that, that amount of machinery, isn't it, really? It's a real fine art to try and do that across different batches and different substrates. It's, it's not an easy task. So I guess switching mm. production over to the main body of production over to one machine made absolute sense yeah yeah i think so it's something we, we kind of had to do i think um i think with the um the the, the machine the smaller machines still hold the, the fabric on tension rather than on a belt as well uh-huh. uh, which can be really difficult when you're printing lightweight uh, cottons you can't print stretch uh, particularly well um so it enabled us to to print much better on uh fabrics actually that that people tend to want more anyway so 
Yeah, um, especially, I guess, for you, Oliver, as well, because you're working across fashion and interior fabrics. Mm. So you've got heavier fabrics and lovely lightweight chiffons and organzas and all sorts of stuff moving around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a real mix <laughs> from yeah. stuff that's, you know, 50 GSM to uh, upwards of 300. So it's um, uh, the, the machines, any machine that we put in there uh, has to be able to cope with that, that sort of diversity. Um, and it, it does that very well. The Mona Lisa is... Uh, it is a very very good machine with uh, uh, of course a few teething problems uh, as one would expect yeah. with any machine but it's yeah. Um, yeah it's proved to be good and for the, the price um, there's there's not much that we've seen that, that kind of compares I'm sure that will change in a few years but um, as of now or as of two years ago it's uh, yeah it's a, it's a good machine I would recommend it to anyone apart from our competitors <laughs> <laughs> It is important, though, isn't it? And I think what what's happened within the Mona Lisa, the ML eight thousand as well, is it's a it's a trusted technology mm. that they've made that, that it's trusted that's you know dri- driving half of the production of Italy. To be honest, eighty percent mm. of the production of Italy, and to, to then distill that technology into a baby Mona Lisa, the mm. ML eight thousand is a very clever strategy. Yeah, I think so. And I think they, the, the one thing they've got they got really right was the uh, the workflow of the the printer. Um, okay. So th- th- there are lots of uh, big industrial machines. I mean, th- there are so many of them. Um, but a lot of them, you can't literally get a job and send it to the printer. You might have to do something else, or it'll be a, a multi-step process. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we've uh, internally we've written our own systems that take the uh, the orders from the website, uh, put it uh, format the, the images in a way that will uh, ensure they're being printed correctly and exactly yeah. how it was shown on the website. Uh, we batch them up and then that's sent straight to the printer. And that, that process right. takes a matter of uh, sort of seconds rather than uh, minutes or maybe even hours on some of the machines that we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can do to rip them across, yeah. And it's uh, it keeps the machine always active uh, and it means that we're realistically able to achieve the, the turnaround uh, that, we, that we offer. Um, but that was a, a huge part of our uh, decision-making with that particular machine. In fact, with any machine that we, we have in the factory, it's... Yeah. Uh, it has to fit in with our workflow, which is very, very fast and very varied. Um, and it's not great big, long print jobs. It's lots of very, very small jobs. So Little skews, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that just sounds bonkers. Why would anyone want to get into this business? It's incredibly complicated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing is, though, Oliver, isn't every business, when you get when you get under the hood, really, mm-hmm. when you look, you know, something wonderful that functions, it's not a happy accident. It's taken a lot of planning, yeah, yeah. And a lot of strategic, a strategic thought, really, most definitely. So, congratulations there, mm. and also, you know, having all of those building blocks, having all of that there, it also allows you to pivot because it allows you to change and fine tune all of those processes along mm. that, you know, your thirty post-it notes, but where you've been planning on the wall, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's been one of the, the, the biggest challenges actually. So, when Harry and I uh, first started this, it was just Harry and I. Uh, and yeah. when we used to process the orders, this is a bit, as we were developing the system, we used to have a little yeah. uh, sort of uh, thumbnail of the thing that was printed, and we used to match the thing that was printed up to the invoice based on this little thumbnail. Um, and that was fine when you're printing, you know, uh, ten orders a day or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when you're printing thousands of things every day, and you're trying to yeah. match this thumbnail up to, I mean, there's, there's chances are there's going to be a, a similar looking fabric that's also been printed. Uh, you know, it's just completely unmanageable. So we've uh, sort of abstracted the whole process. Uh, this is this is the, the, the bit that Harry's been really very good at. Uh, so everything's tracked through QR, QR uh, codes. 
uh, scans and every single step of the process. So if you used to say, if Bob was to turn up and say, hey, where's my swatch? We could say, well, actually, it's uh, fixating and it's a way to cut in. Uh, Fantastic. That's exactly what the transparency that you need to have. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it's uh, been able to, one of the, the challenges was being able to track that process without it interfering with the process, if that makes sense. So it's Yes, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't want yeah. someone to have to sit there and go, right, this is number 9002, and then it's now cutting, because that just wouldn't work. Um, yeah. So the whole thing is, for the most part, completely invisible um, within the... the it's just data. Yeah. But so that, that's enabled us to, to scale and really run the business with very, very little overhead. It's uh, almost embarrassing low overhead compared to what I've seen in other places. It's the future. You know, it's the boy, it's the present. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, you know, you've you build it you have built an incredible smart hub over there. It's fantastic. It really is. Oh thank you. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it, it certainly feels like that. It's uh it's we're, we're getting there. We've got a few aims yeah. to, to get there. You're driving the bus instead of it being the other way around. So often in the manufacturing community technologies kind of drive you but you you have that clarity to look down and just make it efficient make it work for you and keep keep it keep that whole workflow controlled balanced to achieve your original objectives which is great mm-hmm. so people lose sight of that in commerce don't they oliver i think so yeah it's easy to because you can get sort of sort of consumed by it all and actually what we're trying to do is yeah. print great quality fabric and get it out very very fast um Build a great community of lots of happy customers. And if we get that right, uh, everything else will kind of take it, take a sort of care of itself. I think it's um, it will. It's, it, it will. But to- talking about ta- taking care of things, which is a nice, clever segue, I think, hmm. over to our next question. So obviously, sustainable manufacturing is at the heart of your business, hmm. and you've you've invested. We've you know we've talked about investing in great technology that has efficiencies of production but also has huge efficiencies for sustainable environmental uh, production doesn't it as well yeah so, so all, all of our print processes are digital uh, and waterless um so yeah. that the sort of the, the the basic building blocks of having a sustainable textile print on demand service are, are there um but we, we do go uh quite a bit further i think in into to, to really offering a sustainable um, yeah. uh, sort of service and uh, earlier this year we uh, published a sustainability uh, sort of report statement uh, and it was the statement was the outcome of uh, quite a, a big process actually where we looked at every single aspect of the business um, yeah. and evaluated its environmental impact uh, this wasn't a uh, yeah a sort of cheap marketing exercise sort of a genuine uh, no, it's not greenwashing yeah, yeah and this right, is real. so much yeah. of that it's uh it's, it's incredible. It's um, uh, it's a lot of work involved in that, Oliver. It was a huge amount of work. Yeah, it involved uh, half yeah. a team um, working on it probably for about two weeks. Um, and we looked at lots of things. We had to get some stuff to measure uh, things like electrical um, uh, usage and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it revealed some really interesting, really interesting things. Actually, I've got some bits on my notes here. So there are bits that we're doing really well. I think. Um, and that there are bits where we need to find a solution for. So uh, a, a big one being uh, wastage. So we do produce waste. Um, yeah. Sometimes when we print fabric, it doesn't go right and we're left with fabric that we can't use. Um, mm-hmm. So that we, we don't recycle that at the moment. And we've tried finding someone to recycle our fabric waste uh, for, for years, actually, about three, four years. Yeah. 
And the only, only solution we have did find was a, a company that, that the cost of getting them to take it away and recycle it was yeah. way more than we could, yeah. you know, sort of justify. So that's that's a real sort of stumbling block. But our aim is to um, recycle all our waste by 2025. Um, right. But whether we're able to achieve that is we're not big enough to be able to have a, a can't you know we can't drive a, a solution for that directly or well, maybe maybe we will there must be other people that need this yeah a collaboration somewhere partnership yeah. well, I did see a few people that had said um, that nothing, nothing went to, to landfill and some of these are competitors and I just picked up the phone and asked them so you saw you not sending anything to landfill do you mind me asking where you're sending it because we're yeah. can you help yeah and you know it turns yeah. out that actually it does go to landfill and it's just a hey ho but it's yeah um, it's a disguised transaction yeah, so that's that's thing we're working towards, and uh, with uh, electric, so we do use a lot of electricity. Um, the the, yeah. the increasing cost uh, for electricity has had a, a, a big impact on our on our uh, on our uh, sort of uh, finances. So, aside from the sort of sustainability sort of angle, uh, it, it makes commercial sense for us to be able to to look at ways of reducing that. Um, in fact, we we had a really interesting number, which was. Uh, we worked out that it. We used what was it? I can't remember what it was. But it, oh yeah, that's it. Uh, 0.89 kilowatt hours of electricity is used for every meter squared that we print, um, which okay. is a huge amount. I think that includes everything, though. So that includes you know the office stuff, um, yeah. all the other bits and bobs. So if we take our energy usage and divide that by the number of meters uh, that we print. Uh, that that's what we get. Um, so we're looking to, to, to get that down to 0.6 by the end of this year. Good for you. And, you know, Oliver, it would be amazing, won't it, when you will be able to, to add your statistics to the actual statistics that the, 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 the passport that comes along with the fabric that you choose to print onto. Because mm. at the moment it's, 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 it's nigh impossible to actually know how much carbon, how much energy, how much what has been used in producing the fabric that you then print onto. Mm. But ultimately, we need to be able to put all of the pieces of that puzzle together and come up with an accurate figure mm. for the for the product, don't we? But so, you know, well done and congratulations on starting that journey of transparency throughout the print, print fab business. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting process from yeah. lots of... Some surprises in there. Yeah, because I mean, we we, really, we truly do want to offer a, a sustainable print service, um, and yeah. purely from a commercial point of view, if we can reduce our energy usage by you know a, about a third, when that, yeah. that the, the the net effect on that you know we're talking tens of tens of thousands of pounds, so it kind of all makes sense. It's um, yeah, so it's been it's been, that was a really interesting uh, exercise. I think that, that there's still a lot for us to for us to do um, particularly with the, yeah. the, the actual base fabrics we've seen a, a, a really positive shift I think with a lot of our suppliers where uh, say seven years ago the supply chain really wasn't very transparent uh, and you kind of okay. got what you were given didn't know where it came from uh, or how it was made but th- that seems to be changing and for I think about 80% yeah. of our fabrics we know exactly where it came from uh, and uh, we, we, we know that it's, it's coming from a, a good place and it's certified, yeah. yeah, and you can trace it to a certain level. Yeah. So that's uh, a, a real, real sort of positive uh, thing. I think with the Epson, uh, so we only use Epson inks at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, they're the good inks. They've been made in a good place, uh, in a responsible way. 
which always gives us that. Yeah, the certified. Yeah, it gives us peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, it gives your customers peace of mind, doesn't it? Mm. It really does. It's funny because I was I was with one of your customers actually on Sunday in London oh. with Eleanor Branch, who was if you remember, she was part of our Green Grab project. Mm. And thank you so much for supporting that last year. Um and it's rolling on as well. There'll be a, a whole new episode of of um, cohorts for sustainable design in September, October, that will all be announced. Um, and Eleanor was displaying some of your fabrics at the Grand Designs live exhibition in Sunday, oh, really? uh, on, on Sunday. Yeah, I spoke there. We did a little talk for the audience on sustainable manufacturing. And what was really lovely was to see how Eleanor had used the certifications and all of the, the, the warranties that you provide on her products. Mm. So she's taken your certifications, the instructions from your fabrics, et cetera, et cetera, and she put that into her labelling, which is so important for – she created her own passport, basically, for her products, talking about her manufacturing roots. Uh, that's, that's, that's really good to hear. I think a few years ago, maybe three, four years ago, we, we took the decision to um, – in fact, it, it was almost bonkers at the time that we, we looked at what our competitors yeah. were doing and we, we were um, selling this fabric. We thought, well, actually, we haven't had any of this fabric – tested to see if it's safe um uh, so we decided to okay what's the relevant standard that would make sure that everything we send out isn't going to harm anyone um so we made sure that every fabric that we sell now has been tested for uh, against the in 713 standard which is the uh, toy uh-huh. safety standard for for chemical toxic toxicity Great. um but we're the, we're the first to to do that and that was um uh, for, for us it gave us peace of mind that I mean, because our suppliers will tell us that there's nothing harmful in this ink and this, that. But actually, it's good to know for yourself um, that it's been tested Definitely. independently. And we get an idea of what the, the chemical levels are for uh, sort of these representative prints that we sent off. Um, but it's been, that was a, a big step to hopefully evolving uh, PrintFab to become, you know, a really good, solid print-on-demand service that can that can be used to, to, to build businesses. And uh, we see that with our customers. It's It's great to see them starting off with a few samples here and then maybe a year later they'll be printing off a few hundred metres to, to supply their business which has uh, been built on the back of our of our service which is uh, gives you a nice warm yeah. well that's right you know you, you, you're a core supplier mm. you you become that core supplier especially you know taking Eleanor as a test case I mean all of Eleanor's actual designs are she's um, she's a textile activist in many ways mm. but she she draws wind farms and turns them into these incredible kind of 1950s patterns mm. so she but she equally will draw what was what did she have the other day she had starfish and various other bits and pieces so she doesn't just talk about the negative effects of pollution in the environment in her artwork she also talks about you know the positive things that are happening in climate change in her artwork mm. so it's so so important she's just the perfect test case to show how important it is to the next generation how important sustainable suppliers and that you know it's not, it's not green wishing or washing. It's actually systemic. It's what they they don't think of anything else. It has to be responsibly sourced, environmentally ma- great manufactured produce mm. for this for the whole textile supply chain to reframe itself. Yeah, I think that it was really interesting when I went to the Green Grads thing. I think it was last year uh, with in October, October. Yeah, yeah. Just chatting to a few of the um, well, the students there. And it's really, it was really interesting to see, it, it was great to see the energy for, for, for all of this as well, uh, and that they're really passionate about um, 
driving a, a real change. Yeah. I think it's uh, it was great yeah. to see. I hope that you know that generation are in a, a great position to be able to do that. I think that generation get a bit of a hard time, um, but there's uh, certainly um, people within that generation that will do very very well and drive these changes. It's uh, long when I'm dead and buried. They'll be uh, they'll have solved these problems, and uh, uh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good to have helped in that journey, isn't it, with a new career wherever that was? Yeah, it's yeah great. I hope so. It's, Hopefully, it's we're, really we're playing a, a, yeah. a, a small part in that. Um, we really do hope that our uh, sort of the way we, we do things uh, uh, is shaping or helping to shape the way fabric is printed. I mean, we have very big, lofty ambitions, it, but in the the bit that we're doing right now, uh, we hope we're doing our, our bit to change it and actually stop and look at these things and. Uh, look to see how we can improve them rather than just saying you know we're a sustainable print on demand business and all that you know we're actually looking at this stuff and we're making tangible tangible differences to to what we do Oliver that's one of that's one of the things that come across talking talking with you actually it kind of strikes me that commercially you move at your own pace so you move when things are right you make you take the next step when you're happy that it meets your objectives Yeah. yeah, I think COVID was a, a big surprise for, for everyone, and uh, that was the, the, the last yeah. really, really big challenge. And it was a, it was a good challenge for us to have, but um, uh, that that presented so many challenges. It really, uh, uh, it was a real test, I think, for, for every aspect of the business, um, from the supply to I mean, our, our orders almost tripled overnight, uh, and it's yeah. it's it was an incredibly uh, incredibly tough uh, period. Ooh, we came out and it's um, it's uh, been a positive. And you're stronger, and you've got new new machinery, new technology, mm. and you've evolved and pivoted the business to where it needs to be. Yeah, and it's highlighted perhaps some of the sort of the weaker parts of the process. So the supply chain, a lot of the stuff comes from overseas. There's a there's a time period on yeah. that that gets delayed. That creates problems. So building in systems and processes uh, to, to to mitigate that has been a, a core part of what we had to do in that in that in that period. So it was, um, yeah, interesting. Oh, we won't have to go through COVID again, not being able to go to a restaurant or go and see your friends. It's awful. <laughs> no, I don't. I, no, I don't want to pull God by the beard, but I hope to God it never yeah, happens again. No, it's, uh, awful. <laughs> I really do. I hope the scientists and everybody else has learnt from that experience, mm. but who knows? Yeah, very timeless. Definitely. Well, con- congratulations with everything that you're doing over there at Printfab. I think, you know, it sounds like you built you built the bedrock really of a very very strong sustainable and you know very focused business congratulations i'm sure you're doing wonderful things within the community so we've, we've spoken about eleanor do you you also supply trade customers as well don't you so you're not just doing small SKUs; you will supply volume uh ish it's, it's probably a smaller part yeah. of what we do so we our, our customer base is typically individuals uh, designers uh, small micro businesses yeah. Uh, we, we do supply trade. We supply some some very big names of with, with printed fabric. Um, yeah. and it's, it's fascinating to see it when you see it on the telly or uh, you know here, yeah. there, and everywhere. Um, but we're our, our business is sort of built from the ground up to serve lots of very small orders. By small orders, I mean sort of right. under a thousand meters. Um, yeah. When it gets to anything over a thousand meters, in truth, actually, we're not we're not the best people to go go for. Um, we're not we're not geared up okay. for that. Um, if we get a, a ten thousand meter order, well, that's going to con- consume a machine for ten days. It's, uh, it's not really, yeah. and we wouldn't really want that. There's, 
They're focused yeah. on service. And there, there, are, there are companies that can do that much better than, than us. Um, that's, that's not a, a sort of a, a place we, we, we're, not, we're not geared up for doing that. Um, so, that, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real mix from individuals, small businesses, um, and we get the occasional sort of trade customers as well. Um, but the, the trade customers that come to us, they'll typically only be printing a few hundred metres anyway, so that does actually fit very well in some model. Yeah. It tends to be for... Well, is that, that's an interesting market shift, though, isn't it, amongst the mm-hmm. whole industry, in that, you know, where they used to print thousands and thousands of metres, a great, you know, a good quality print run could be a 1,000 or 2,000 mm-hmm. metres these days, and then it keeps repeating. It'll repeat as and when necessary. But it's not going to stock. So that whole on-demand shifts the business model again, mm. doesn't it? Really? Well, what we do see is that uh, some of the, the very big, um, say, trade fashion-y type companies, they'll do a lot of sampling with us yeah. and then actually the production will go yes. overseas, which which makes complete sense um, uh, at the yeah. moment until uh, someone can figure out how to do the, the very big orders in the same way that we're able to do lots of small orders. But that would be nice, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the that's the nearshoring um puzzle the paradigm mm. isn't it really having those kind of large manufacturing large industrial smart hubs you know at central you know there's a number of them mm. across europe but we don't really have them well we have lots of different different pop-ups here i suppose in the uk so it's going to be interesting how to how that all pans out over the next short time scale i think over the next 12 to 18 yeah. months two years we'll see what happens it'd be really interesting mills. i think because the the, the, yeah. the way uh, the way I would see that happen is, is you'd have to it'd have to be a huge capital investment because uh, well, you need the machines for stars, you need somewhere to put them, and then I mean, these machines are only a very small cost. I mean, as, as you as you know, uh, the machine is a, a small yeah. part of the the puzzle. I mean, you have to put in ventilation and yeah. uh, you know all the electrics yeah. and all the other bits and bobs that go the water supply for yeah. the washer bits and the rates. yeah and. <laughs> yeah. Business rates, yeah, everything we, else. We're very yeah. lucky in, in, the, in this part of Kent that we we're in. Uh, we've got a, a fantastically large uh, unit um, uh, from from a, from a great guy, our landlord. Um, so it's we've been blessed with a, a lot of space. But actually, if we were setting up something much bigger, then you'd have to go into the realms of the you know the the, the, the very uh, you wouldn't be able to get a, say it's one hundred thousand square feet. You know, that's going to be expensive. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's all part of the business plan, isn't it? It's yeah, all part of the business perhaps plan. we're too risk averse for that. I think yeah, uh, the thought of spending a couple of million pounds yeah. on something, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's not really. It's not in the plan. No, nope. it doesn't sound like it's. It's not on the horizon, is yeah. it? For Proofab, you're doing a fantastic job uh, democratizing the print industry for that incredible design community and all of those kind of low volume producers but they're not low, low volume all the time you know as you say they continually place orders for 100 200 meters here and there and they just keep coming back and back you become their print source that's they have your, your you have their loyalty yeah there, and it, it spreads really. the risk as well so from a sort of business model uh, sort of taking the business model uh, our risk yeah. is spread across i think it's thirty thousand or forty thousand customers so we're not reliant on any wow. um any individual customer um for, yeah. for, for the survival of the, the, the business. Um, yeah, always a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. and it, it means we can... It's one of the basic principles, yeah. isn't it, it, really? It makes it yeah. fascinating walking through the, the print room. We see so many different things. It's uh, uh, It could be yeah. someone might be printing out a picture of their dog or cat or something like that, or uh, yeah. then you see people making... The, the fabric that you can see is clearly going to be used to be making uh, products. And uh, 
yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a real, real mix of stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess it's nice to watch those orders grow as well. So you see people's business growing, and you can see how, yeah, their success. You yeah, can success and it's inspiring as well. Great. When you see, You're sometimes helping. you see some uh, designs going through, you think, "Wow, that is that is, yeah, that is just beautiful." Yeah, so, talent. How how did they do yeah. that? It's just amazing. It's uh, and it could be anything. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't follow a pattern. There could be uh, there was uh, one customer in particular, and she, I think she was a children's illustrator, and she put this beautiful designs together, and it was just so beautiful. It was really really good. So getting to see this stuff yeah. every day in and out is um is a is a real pleasure. It's a real privilege, I think. Yeah, it is a privilege. You you're right. Actually, I think I think you're right. It is so wonderful to be able to, I guess help people who would never have access to print 10 15 mm. 20 years ago those all those wonderful talented artisans that can now find a rope to a route to market and have their their products out there for themselves yeah. it's great. Uh, to, 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 to launch some of the businesses that we, we know we supply now uh, just wouldn't have been possible i don't think 20 years yeah. ago because they've actually got it printed overseas waiting mm. forever for it to come um so hopefully yeah. it's been a, a, almost a, an enabler for for people to to do this which is uh <laughs> you definitely have oliver well yeah, yeah we're no part of a, a, a sort of small definitely. community of companies like ours i guess that are, that are powering this i'd like to think uh-huh. better than everyone else of course but i'm sure the others would say the same too <laughs> <laughs> oh of course great oliver last question then uh, we've probably touched on this but um what's next for primfab and how do you plan to expand or do you plan to expand? Ah, so we, we do have some we have some big plans. So we're we are very focused on what we're what we're doing. Um, our turnaround is three uh-huh. days. Uh, we want to get that down. Um, we believe that's yeah. possible. Um, for, from a, a sort of commercial perspective, we put in a sort of management structure so that uh, Harry and I can focus on the more um, sort of technical sides of the the business. So the, the business kind of runs itself now. And that's been a process that's taken. Uh, a year or so. Um, yep. from, from a what we're doing next type perspective, oh, we've got some very interesting plans. Um, so oh, the, good. the the custom print on demand uh, sort of market is where we're currently focused. Um, but there are opportunities, I think, in other markets that we're exploring. AI is very interesting. We spent the last year looking into into yep. that, um, which is evolving way faster than we can keep up with. Um, it'd be interesting yeah. to see how that does impact our industry because it is possible to, to get a seamless pattern generated by AI to an exceptional standard by using text prompts. It, it, we, we're, um, we develop systems that, that are able to do that. Um, and seeing what other people are doing in AI, so AI is quite, quite interesting, I think. Yeah, I've seen there's a, there's a company at the Inma show that are presenting. I've looked at some of the stuff they're doing, and yeah, it changes so oh, quickly. Uh, it'd be interesting to see mm-hmm. what happens. I think, um, but certainly we, we, we've got our, uh, our finger on that. But yeah, we, we, we plan to launch uh, a few things in the next, uh, well, actually in the next three months, six months, um, whilst remaining really focused on what we're doing uh, at Printfab. Fantastic. I look forward to watching yeah, those. It's yeah. great. Brilliant. Well, Oliver, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for being so open and so honest for sharing your journey and um, your future vision for PrimFab. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. That's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs>